0: Thank you for downloading the Grove City Vineyard Sermon podcast. Enjoy today's message. Here's Pastor Heather with the message this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning How is everybody? Good All right. Well, I don't do anything little around here. Have you noticed You see my jar? Is it full? Play along. <laughs> Stop knowing all the answers. It's kind of full though, right? Yes. But what if I put in these, these big rocks? What do you think they are? Come on, this is an interactive. This is how I can tell if you are awake. What would you say these big rocks are? How many of you at the beginning of your week you start with a calendar that looks kind of empty? Before you sit down and fill in all the blanks, listen. I start with a fresh calendar every week. This is what I do. I start with a fresh calendar at the beginning of my week. I look what it would look like if I did nothing, right? Then I take and I add in the big rocks to my calendar. And the big rocks are time with my family, my quiet time, Bible studies that I may attend or lead, home group, time with my kids, individually and collectively, time with my husband, time with my family, extended and non-extended. Those are the big rocks in my life. That's what, no matter what, I will not negotiate that time. I pencil in, actually I pin in, my time with God, I pencil in everything else, but my time with God is pinned in, I can't erase it, and if you know anything about me, I cannot scratch it out, I'd have to start all over, and then after the big rocks, I add in the pebbles, What do you think the pebbles are? Thank you. Laundry. Sometimes I don't believe laundry is from Jesus. I mean, I like to tell my son and my husband to stop changing their clothes. But then the house starts to stink. Then I got to clean the house. So, you know, so lose, lose. But if I put in the pebbles, what are the pebbles? What do you think those are, besides laundry? Grocery shopping. Okay. What about mowing the grass? What about doctor's appointments? What about lunch dates? Meetings, Mm -hmm. all the other stuff, right? It's not as important, but it's, it's close, right? This is all the other stuff that we do in life is the pebbles. You can see the back, it's still kind of empty. Some people would say their life is full now. But then, oh, this is working out so much better than I even imagined. Seriously. We do, don't we? When we add in the sand, what do we think the sand is? Entertainment, Entertainment. social media, anybody like to binge watch something on Netflix? You got your watch list, you got your, your favorites, earmarked, play games on your phone or your iPad, go to concerts, sporting events, Baseball, basketball. Right now, it's basketball in my house. It's a little deceiving, though, isn't it? You think that if you put in all of the big rocks, your time's full. But somehow or another, we always manage to fit in the pebbles, right? And then to look at our calendars, we go, "Whew! All right, we are good. Calendar is full. Time is spent. We got nothing. No more room for anything." But then you add in the sand. We have a little bit more time than we thought, didn't we? Let's pray. Father God, I, just, I ask you right now that you would just come and be in this room. Lord, would you just move me out of the way? May they only hear your words, Lord. May they hear your voice. Would you just come and speak to your people? Touch their hearts, open their minds and their eyes, Lord, to hear from you today. Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Listen, it is important how we prioritize the things in our life. Because if I were to reverse the order of any one of those three things, the big rocks wouldn't fit. If I'd start with the pebbles and then add the sand, there would be no room for the big rocks. Even if I would start with the sand and add the pebbles, there would still not be room for the big rocks. It's important the order in which we prioritize things. Our time, our calendars, our events, the things in our life it's important. We've been talking about hunger and thirst. This morning, I'm going to talk to you guys about how the enemy likes to come in and steal our desire to hunger and thirst for Jesus. We're going to start in 1 John chapter 2 verses 15 through 17. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles, your phones, plug up that app. First John two fifteen through 17 says this, it says, "'Do not love the world or anything in the world. "'If anyone loves the world, "'the love of the Father is not in him. "'For everything in the world, "'the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, "'and the boasting of what he has and does "'comes not from the Father, but from the world. "'The world and its desires pass away, "'but the man who does the will of God lives forever.'" When you are hungry, you know it, right? Like there's an emptiness that you feel in the depths of your stomach. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I'm really, really hungry, I almost feel nauseous. We've coined that phrase hangry, that point at which you are hungry and angry all at the same time, the grumpiness that comes from being so hungry. I know some of you sitting out there right now are feeling it. You didn't eat breakfast this morning. You're getting a little hangry. But what about thirst? What is it to thirst? That dry mouth, cotton mouth, dry lips. Neither one of those hunger or thirst, neither one of those is a pleasant feeling. But they are necessary, aren't they? If we did not experience these feelings of hunger or thirst, we wouldn't be reminded to eat and drink. Now, I know, if you're anything like me, the idea that you would ever forget to eat or drink just does not compute. Like, food and beverage are a constant in my life. But it's in those extreme times that I would say that I really know what it is to be hungry and thirsty, long car rides, when the husband won't stop, right? And if I drink one more thing, I'm going to have to make him stop to go to the rest area, Right? Or you're so hungry, you just got to make it through the kids' event, and then you can have dinner? Have you ever hungered or thirst for God? I mean, felt so dry and wilted, just not sure if he's even still talking to you sort of thing. When we have that feeling of hunger, it's typically because we've been distracted by something that we have deemed more important than eating, Now, I am notorious around here for going the entire day without eating when there are big events going on here at the church because I get so hyper-focused on the event, the details, the people, that to stop and eat is not a priority of mine. But trust me, when I get home, I am a starving. It's not healthy, and it's not something that we should get in the habit of doing. Our body needs food and water. Friends, our heart's minds and souls need Jesus why do we think that we can starve ourselves six days a week and come to church on Sunday and that is going to sustain us let's take a look at a few ways the enemy likes to distract us from pursuing Jesus and ways that we can overcome them think back to my demonstration here the slightest variation of the order of these three things and it changes the outcome right we're going to take a deeper look at the very beginning of that First John passage. We're going to take a look at verse 15 where it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's a pretty broad statement, the world, right? I'm going to try to break that down for you. To not love the world and anything in the world means you cannot serve two masters. You cannot claim to love God with all your heart, Mind and soul, like Jesus commands us in Mark 12 30, and love the things of this world. When we make the decision to follow Jesus, when we say yes to Jesus, something begins to happen in our heart. We no longer desire the fruits of this world. Rather, we desire to be closer to Jesus. It's in that desire to be closer to Jesus that we find we no longer want what the world has to offer. But like all new things, it's not much fun or shiny anymore after a while, isn't it? That newness wears off, doesn't have the new car smell. We, we were once faithful in our quiet time and in our devotion, in our Bible studies. We went to every home group, didn't miss a one. But then the world starts to creep in. We miss church just this week. We sleep in a little bit longer. We had a rough week. We needed to sleep in. We needed a day. We begin to allow our schedules to become filled with things that take us away from the closeness of Jesus. Friends, listen to me. The enemy, he's hard at work. And he is trying to distract us from what is important. He wants nothing more than to consume your time with trivial, unimportant things so that you spend less time focused on the Father. We're going to move on to verse 16. And for this one, I want to move on to the NLT version of this verse because I like it a little bit better. Because it says, in the NLT version, it says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. That word cravings, when we crave something, what does that mean? We desire something, right? Why do we crave things? Medically, it says that we crave something because of an imbalance. Something's off, right? Our body needs something that it is lacking. We crave things and try to feed the craving with other things, thinking that our body will accept that offer. Most of the time, when we fulfill that craving with something that the body doesn't really want, That feeling of satisfaction doesn't last. No, because the craving did not truly give us what we needed. Has your mom or dad or even grandparents ever told you, do not eat that cookie before dinner? It will ruin your appetite. I don't know how many times my grandma hit my fingers on the edge of the counter. Don't you dare eat that cookie. What were they trying to tell us? Don't eat the junk before you get the good stuff. Friends, our lives are filled with junk. This junk is what keeps us from a deeper relationship with Jesus. This junk is what we try to fill our minds and hearts with, thinking that it will take away the craving. But it doesn't. How does the enemy steal our hunger and thirst for Jesus? In verse 16 right there, we're going to start at the very first one. Craving of physical pleasure. This is referring to what we can see, smell, touch, taste, and hear. Our bodies crave things, but it doesn't mean that our body needs it. The world wants us to believe that we can have all the things that make us feel good without any consequences. Sure, go ahead, have sex before marriage, no big deal. Oh, we're just living together, it's cheaper, it helps financially. But what are we telling ourselves? What we're doing is we're telling ourselves that our desires have become more important than God. That what God wants for us isn't as important as what we believe we need. This isn't just relevant to the sensual side of pleasure, you guys. He's also referring to those things that bring us physical pleasure, such as food, drinks, clothes, and may even dare say shoes. All of these things, on some level, bring us a feeling of pleasure. When we eat that piece of cake that we had been craving, it tastes really good, but it's short lived. Or we find an outfit that makes us look really good, maybe even makes us look like we lost 10 pounds. Right? Right? We like it. But the next outfit doesn't do that. So now we've entered a cycle of trying to find something that makes us feel good about ourselves in the mirror. We become focused on searching and seeking that next thing that is going to bring us pleasure, only to find that the pleasure is short-lived and it eventually fades away. That is exactly what the enemy wants. He wants to distract us with our feelings, that instant gratification, that desire that makes us want more of what the world has to offer instead of saying, no, I am going to seek God first and follow his will and way. What if we craved God the way we do that physical pleasure? What if we looked forward to spending time with our Heavenly Father the way we count down the minutes to lunch or dinner. Let's take, it se- take a look at the second one. Everything we see, a craving for everything we see. I was at Disney World in 2019 right before COVID hit. My oldest child, Dr. Riley, was marching with the band from Central Crossing High School in the parade, And it was coming down Main Street of Disney World. And if you've never had that experience for someone who is not a huge Disney fan, it truly is magical. It really is. At one point in time, I looked around the crowd, and all I could see were people's phones and iPads and video cameras. It broke my heart. All of these people focused on making sure to capture a moment on their electronic device that they weren't just in the moment. To this day, I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday, watching my child doing something that she loved, absolutely loved, in one of the most magical places on the planet. I can remember the smells, the sounds, even that feeling that, that pure, deep-down feeling of joy as a parent. And nothing can take that away. I will never watch a video on my screen and feel that way. But I've got it here and here, because I was in the moment. I believe that the enemy is creeping into our lives through our phones and electronics, He is playing on all of our emotions and impressing us with flashing lights and fancy jingles. He is twisting the truth and leading us to believe things that we know are not right. He plants the seed to distract us from seeking God's will and following Jesus. I'm only going to jump on Facebook to catch up with so and so. Or if I just watch a few TikTok videos before I go to sleep, it helps me relax. Or my personal favorite, (laughs) I am just going to finish this level of this game, and then I will start my quiet time. Friends, the enemy is not stupid. He is not dumb. He is sly, sneaky, and cunning. He is in a war and wants all the soldiers that he can persuade, and he will use whatever means he can to get to us. I recently read a statistic that said that teen suicide rates have risen over 146% in the past five years. Let that soak in for a minute, guys. 146% in the last five years. Does it break your heart like it breaks mine? Yes. There are lawsuits out there right now against the cell phone companies and the creators and founders of these social media apps because of the rise in depression, sex trafficking, and mental health problems. But why? Why are we blaming the companies? Because it's easy? Because we don't want to admit that it's our fault? Friends, we have got to hunger and thirst for Jesus now more than ever. We cannot let the enemy come in and fill us with junk food We need to keep our eyes on our Savior. We need to set boundaries on our time we spend on social media. We need to be watching and protecting our kids and grandkids. We cannot assume that they're a good kid they would never. Friends, that just isn't the case. Our kids need to learn those boundaries from us. They need to see us putting Jesus first. The time we spend with Jesus needs to be more than the time we spend on social media. Did you know that you can find out how much time you're on your phone? If you go to the settings on your phone, there's actually a category called screen time. And if you click on that, you will find an average amount of time that you have spent on your phone over the past week. It will even tell you if that percentage is higher or lower than the previous week. Guys, that blows my mind. That we have become so consumed with our phones and electronics that they have created a way for us to monitor the amount of time we spend on a device. Guys, we need to be reading the scripture and listening to what the Father has to say about who we are, rather than searching through Snapchat or Instagram for someone to like or follow us. The enemy is real. He is fighting for you, your kids, your family. And how are you going to defend yourself and fight back if you aren't in communication with the shepherd? Let's take a look at the third part of verse 16. Pride in our achievements and possessions, keeping up with the Joneses, as you might say. This one hit me like a ton of bricks about 18 years ago. Kevin and I had just bought what we thought was our dream home. We had a beautiful two-year-old daughter, and things were great. Brand new house, nice cars, jobs, friends, family, but it all came with a price. Debt. We lived in that house for about 18 months. And the entire time we lived in that house, it was one thing after another. From construction traffic, men falling off the roofs while they were building the houses. Yeah, I saw multiple men fall off roofs. OSHA would not have been happy. Speeding cars, almost hitting our dog. Empty promises from a developer. Illnesses in our family. And all of those things were like a weight on our shoulders, and then add on the debt. We were not doing well financially. Our marriage was struggling because we were hiding the depth of the burden from each other, and things were falling apart. But to the outside world, we were the model family. Beautiful new home, adorable kid, great jobs. I mean, I was the children's director for our church, but and we were leading the youth ministry. Involved in a home group. But the need to keep up with it all was drowning us. We were chasing the Joneses. And the Joneses were winning. That sense of drowning was keeping us from pursuing God. The guilt and the shame was overwhelming. We didn't feel worthy of God's grace. Until God rocked our world. We were facing bankruptcy. The medical bills from Riley's eye condition had piled up the ever-changing requirements of a development to have your house look a certain way, the enemy had done a real number on us. I remember the night when Kevin and I decided that we were not going to play this game anymore. We shared our hearts with one another. We prayed. We sought counsel from those we trusted, and God provided. We went from an 1,800-square-foot home to a 900-square-foot home with one tiny bathroom but that home has by far been the best that we have ever lived in because it provided all that we needed. On the days when we were having a birthday party or a celebration, and I would get stressed over having enough room for all of the people, God literally would expand our home to make it as big as it needed to be. Friends, I want you to know that you are not alone. The enemy wants to distract us And he will find and use whatever he can do to do just that. So how do we fight against it? How do we fight against the enemy? We have to hunger and thirst for Jesus. In those moments when we are craving something that we know is not good for us, we have got to turn to Jesus. We cannot expect to change all of these things overnight. But it starts with the little things. Friends, we have got to be in the word. We have got to be reading our Bibles. You might say, it's hard. I don't understand it. I get overwhelmed. It's confusing. Listen, I have said all of those things. But those are the enemy speaking to you. Doubt and confusion are not from God. Before you open your Bible, do me a favor and pray. Ask God to give you the focus and concentration you need. Ask God to give you an insight and understanding of the scripture. My husband reminded me recently, just open the Bible and read it. If you show up, God will show up. We cannot fight against the enemy if we aren't armed and protected. Ephesians six ten through 18 gives us a clear image of what that armor looks like. I'm going to read it quickly for you. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You guys, this is basically saying read your Bible. Pick it up, use it, read it, soak it up, meditate on it. You get all of those things, you get all of those protections when you read your Bible. The world has taught us that we shouldn't feel hungry or thirsty. To feel hungry or thirsty means we're being deprived of something that our bodies need. But what if God wants us to be hungry and thirsty for him? What if it is in those moments when we hunger and thirst for him the most that he's able to speak to us? When we're feeling overwhelmed with life, anxious about the test results we don't have yet, Depressed because it's been a long winter and it snowed in March? Frustrated because it just seems like one bad thing after another keeps happening? What if those are the ways that your heart, mind, and soul are telling you that you are hungry for Jesus? What if those moments when we feel like there are no answers, it is Christ making you thirst for him? Psalm 42 paints a beautiful picture. It says this, it says, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. I don't know about you guys, but today I'm feeling hungry and thirsty. My heart could use some encouragement. My soul sure could use a drink. Let's look at the final verse, verse 17 of 1 John 2. It says, the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. There it is. The world and its desires pass away. They are not forever, and they will not sustain us. The things of this world will not give us what we need, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. That's what I want. I want to do that. Now, when I first read that, I remember reading it as a young teen and thinking, live forever, no thank you. mm I don't want to live forever. Guys, I'm not talking about walking this earth forever. I'm talking about living with the Father in heaven forever. This is the verse of hope. This is the verse that tells us it's going to be okay. All of the other things that the world has to offer, none of it will last It is going to pass away. It is not going to matter what kind of car you drove, how big your house is, what side of town you lived on. It isn't going to matter the kind of shoes you wore or if you had the latest, greatest phone. Friends, it's not even going to matter where you vacationed. All of it, all of it is going to fade away. What does matter Is if you are following Jesus. Are you hungry for more of what Jesus has to give you? Are you thirsty for more of his truth? Some of you might be hearing all of this for the first time today and thinking, what is this woman talking about? Will you do me a favor for the next few minutes? Will you just ask yourself, where am I going? What am I chasing after? See, Jesus came so that we might live abundantly. He lived a sinless, spotless life and died on the cross so that we could have a relationship with the Father. Then he conquered death by rising from the grave so that we could live with him in heaven. I want to chase that. I want more of that. I want to listen to what God has to say. I want to hear his words. I want to find my value and my worth by reading the scripture, not searching Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, any of it, waiting for someone to like me because I am already loved by the Father. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you tired of letting the enemy have control? Maybe you need to say, today is the day, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to understand what it means to hunger and thirst for you. If you are here today and are hungry for more of Jesus, if you are thirsting for a deeper relationship with the Father, or today is the day you say, I am all in. I want to say yes to Jesus. Would you please come forward? Our prayer ministry team will come and pray with you. Maybe you just want to do business with the Lord. Come forward, kneel on the steps. But friends, do not leave here today if you are craving something and you don't know what to do about it. Don't keep filling your days with the things of this world when what you truly need is Jesus. Guys, the enemy will do whatever he can to steal your joy and your happiness and your self-worth. And he will use things that you never thought in a million years he would use. He'll use them all. He will pack the punches and he will pack them hard. Today, now more than ever, we need to hunger and thirst for Jesus. We need to surrender our calendars and our lives to the king and say, do with us what you will you fill my calendar stop chasing the world stop because I want you to enjoy Jesus I want you to love your time with Jesus I want you to know what it feels like to be loved unconditionally with no reservation friends today is the day Do you want a hunger and thirst for Jesus? Do you want more of what he has to offer? Will you surrender to that? Will you surrender to him? I invite you to come forward.